When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to episode 201 of Geekscape, your favorite movies, video games, and comic book review and news show. I'm Jonathan London over here on the left side, joined by Brian Walton, who shoots the episode. It's that you're not just left with us two dorks the entire time. You know that every week I like to have a guest host to help me talk about movies and video games and comics and what gets them excited about it. Maybe they have some insight. Maybe they work in the industry. Uh, this week we have Jessica Mills. Now she has a web, uh, like it, it's a it's a web series, and it's called Awkward Embraces. And guys, it is a plethora of information for us dudes because it is the geeks version of a single woman's trials and tribulations. All right, so a lot of us are like, dude, what do we? You know, I don't anymore, you know, and, and we'll get to that. Like, I'm a married man. You guys were there. You guys saw it. Um, you guys followed me through it. I mean, we've been doing Geekscape for four years. Nice. They've seen me go through the entire thing about becoming married and stuff like that. Um, but this awkward embraces. You guys want to watch it because basically Jessica, writer, creator, star. Takes us on. You can do it better than I do. Like, what? What, what, what is it like? <laughs> um, it's it's a story basically about um, dating mishaps, awkward dating adventures, and since a lot of it is about me and my own life, and I'm a giant geek, um, a lot of my geekiness uh, comes into it as well. So. And they just started their second season, so it's a really good place to jump on. And each episode really works almost as a standalone, so you guys really can actually pick the episode up at Awkward Embraces at any point in the series. And yeah, there's some carryover with like guys and this and that, but for the most part, each one has like its own punchline or theme for the episode, you know. Mm-hmm. Does that work? Am I, yeah. am I doing a good job of pitching? No, yeah, absolutely, I absolutely. I, absolutely. I really like it. Thank you. I really like it. <laughs> Thank because you. Because it, it, it's accessible, you know what I mean? It's not Sex in the City. It's not, it's not so ingrained in the female thing that a guy like me who... I'm married to a woman. I don't know half the stuff that goes on. <laughs> and it, it's, it's not so female that it's inaccessible to guys. It really is a really good entryway into... It's enjoyable, too. And, I, you know, just at its simplest, it is fun to watch. And, and you guys do a really funny version. Thank you. Episode 201, which is up right now. It's like the new episode. For example, has... No, no, no. This is Geekscape 201. I'm, ta- I'm talking about uh, Awkward oh, Embraces. Season 2, Episode 1. Or is it... A- episode 2 is not out yet. Uh, episode it? 2 came out uh, oh, yesterday. Then that's the one. I-, I watched the one where you were um, booty, booty call? calling. So, so, so Jessica doesn't know what a booty call is. Just to give you an example of an episode. So her co-workers, her friends in the series, say, hey, it's really easy. They explain booty call to her. She goes over to this dude's house, right? And she's awkward about it because really a booty call, an unestablished booty call that you don't smooth into. Especially someone who doesn't even know what one is, really. It, someone who <laughs> someone who's trying to booty call and doesn't know what it is, and then and then then the subject, the target of the booty call, who opens the door and says, "Come on in," and doesn't know he's getting booty called. What happens? I won't spoil it for you guys, but it involves video games, <laughs> and some of my best dates were like that yeah you know I had a date like that where you think that the chabam bound is going to go down but for the most part you guys just end up playing video games yeah what happened please and what was the game this is very important the geekscapists need this uh super mario world uh we we're playing it on the wii uh-huh uh, which i have actually done I, I, I had a date with a guy 
and I went over and I was all nervous because I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, that first time, you know, mm -hmm. things might get physical and you're a little weird. And we Do I smell right? Am I attractive? I look good. And we literally played Super Mario World all night long. Like, we, we beat the game in one night and it was awesome. It was so awesome. It, I mean, <laughs> better than sex, probably. Yeah. Well, I think, well, I mean, think <laughs> Speeding again, there's a sense of like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's a bit of a sense of failure. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. The game usually lasts longer. Like, yeah, I mean, you may get an achievement depending on the system that you play on, or trophies, coins. Yeah, um, I don't know. There's um, and there's no walk of shame afterwards. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a walk of pride. We went through this gauntlet together, totally. and, and we're better for it. Totally. And that really happened. Yeah, that really happened. <laughs> <laughs> Did you later segue that into any form of a physical relationship or? Yeah, I ended up dating that guy for okay. a while. It was, a, it was like four years ago or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. But for the most part, like that, that's successful right Did there. Did it get a little weird that he, he would only perform with the Super Mario theme music? <laughs> <laughs> Did, it, my dogs are trying to get in the in, in the the room. It's funny as Jessica knows Rufus in Texas. I do. Right? Um, you know my wife Laura too. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the the thing because a lot of guys when they're single and they want to impress a girl, they think that they need to immediately put on the most attractive facade or the most. Uh, I guess like they got to have this this sense of like vigor, you know what I mean? And they got to be like, okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna show them that I'm alpha male. But really, like a segue situation may be easier, especially for guys like us who only speak in certain languages: video games, movies, comics. Uh, <laughs> Laura came to my film. She came to one of my films, and we segued that into a conversation about horror movies, which may or may not work. I got really lucky on that one, <laughs> and uh, we segued that into westerns, and I got her first trade paperback a preacher we started dating da 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 and that was like an easy segue but it was really easy you had to make a whole fucking movie <laughs> no, the, the movie was going to get made regardless <laughs> the movie got made the movie was regardless um, but she came to it and, and, and that was the first time I met her was she came to one of my screenings friend of a friend and um, but that kind of gives the guys the home court advantage and I think that's the most uh, intimidating thing for a guy in dating is that sense of not having the, the home court court advantage the co the confidence with mm -hmm. the familiar does that make sense oh yeah absolutely. so what advice would you give to the geekscapists about that because are you still going through the, the kind of insanity is it fueling awkward embraces um i we're gonna get real uh, <laughs> we're gonna get real be, be ready for it i, I sort of i took a, a dating hiatus for uh -huh. quite some time for like two years and i've just now started sort of dating again a little bit so um uh, and I mean, really, like, just be honest and be yourself, you know, like, I, when I meet someone who's also geeky, it's so nice because we have so much to talk about. Mm -hmm. Like, I've gone on dates with guys who aren't that geeky. They may be geeky about something, but they're not, like, they don't really get my great Star mm -hmm. Trek The Next Generation rewatch and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But, like, the ones that do, man, you can just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Hey, like, you know. rewatch that with you. Yeah. It's, like, a good place. I remember... And I'll, I'll stop talking about my own court, courting failures. But, <laughs> but uh, I remember Laura hadn't seen Lord of the like Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings movies, and I was like, "Well, you really should watch the extended editions." <laughs> so, so, so her first, the only, the only times Laura's ever seen Lord of the Rings when it's on like TBS is the extended editions, and even now she's like, "Those were so much better. They were fleshed out. You get more information. It's got some really good moments in it." But I mean. I don't know how to segue that into throw her the extended edition joke, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, you're it comes, right. It comes down to common yeah. ground. Common ground. Common ground. Common Sharing ground. the same frequency. Yes. Chris Rock uh, has this joke that when you meet somebody, really for like the first six months, you're not meeting them. You're meeting the representative. Them putting the yeah. the best like their best face forward in the hopes of impressing you. But in in dating, I think that's that's probably the truest. Business and dating and. As a geek, like you, you don't have to do that. Worst yeah. case scenario, it falls back to just playing Super Mario World. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think as a geek, they just don't have the social skills to do that. They he says they. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's <laughs> Walton said they. He excluded himself. I think it's. I think it's a little bit of both. There are some people that don't have the social skills to sort of like, you know whatever uh, right. but I also think that that geeks too the, the thing I love the most about geeks is that we we're happy 
with our nerdy stuff and we don't care if people think it's nerdy like you know what I mean so yeah. there's a certain amount of like honesty like we're used to being like yeah I have like a thousand comic books in my garage or whatever you know what I mean so the great thing about geeks is that they have this honesty mm -hmm. about themselves and they're less self-conscious especially when they're with other geeks so do you think that the part that the first 18 years of this planet being nothing but rejected and thrown into lockers helps with the rejection process it's like you know what you cannot th like the rejection that you're going to throw me cannot be possibly worse than the rejection i've lived through in my adolescence yeah well for me i was i was bullied a lot as a kid mm -hmm. and there come there came a point where i was like okay nothing i do or say is is going to help so i'm just going to be me and forget it. And you were not popular in high school? Oh, no. No? Oh, what, no. What were you like in high school? Because <clears throat> um, I'm going to tell the high school kids to go look for those chicks. <laughs> like, those are the ones you got to go for. I know you want to get with the prom queen and this bullshit, but she's just going to, whatever. Like, you got to go for the sincere geek chicks, right, who are going to treat you right. What were you like in high school? Um, I was pretty shy and introverted up until high school, and then I got into theater in high school, and I, I so I was a big theater nerd, very excited about theater. I was also, you know, I made good grades. Mm -hmm. I liked to learn, <laughs> you know, so like I was an overachiever and, and all that stuff. So, and I pretty much just kept to myself when I wasn't in theater because, you know. No, of course. I, I mean, really... I did a couple plays and I, did you know that, that I was a thespian in, in high school? I was a thespian at one point. I did a couple plays. I, I, played... I thought you experimented with that in college. Um, oh, you're right. In college, I'd given up acting, but somebody, somebody had just dropped out of, um, what the fuck was that play? It was a Dolly Parton, Burt Reynolds movie. It's a musical. Uh, Best Little Whorehouse of Texas. They asked me to come in and do it. Yeah. Now, and, and then, and then as, as, a, as, a, as a web guy, you learn that the only people on some of these web series, the only people who are going to show up every day is you, so you end up putting yourself in them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, we have NPCs that we do sporadically, not as, not as frequently as they do Awkward Embraces. Awkward Embraces is really what you want to watch. But you put it in. I mean, it's easy. You found the lead actor. They get the script, <laughs> and um, and they speak your sincere voice purely. Mm. You know what I mean? What, did you ever think at one point to have maybe have somebody play Jessica Mills or a uh, the the main character in Awkward Embraces, or was it always something that you were like, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this as like a you know a thing for me? Yeah, I mean, a I, card for me. Yeah. yeah, I was in I was just an actress um, when I started doing this, and so I, I did it because. Um, you know, I'm not the typical like Hollywood girl, so it was really hard for me to get anybody to pay attention to me so that I could even show them what I was capable of. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go do it myself and, and create this thing that, that shows them what I can do. And then in the process of creating it, I fell in love with being a content creator, and that's that's what I want to do now. Mm -hmm. So. And the Awkward Embraces thing, do you see it being like a finite story or something that can just keep going, keep going, or spin off into other things? Or you have other ideas or other projects that... that Awkward Embraces fans can go and find? Well, uh, as far as Awkward Embraces goes, I will. I want it to go as long as our stories can continue. Mm -hmm. And um, with every show, there comes a point where it's like, okay, it's time to end and move on or whatever. And, and that point could come for Awkward Embraces, but I won't find it until I get there, I don't right. think. Um, but I do have, I have a million and one ideas, and I've actually started writing um, a couple of scripts for a series that I would like to, I would like to, start up and I'm always thinking about other things that I want to do so keep an eye out because hopefully there will be another show you me. jerks need to go over to the website right now awkwardembraces.com right? awkwardembraces.com <laughs> you need to start supporting this girl alright so that later when she's getting her awards and this and that as an actress she's uh, you can be like oh I remember her back when you know thanks I watched her on thanks. Geekscape <laughs> Um, I went to see a movie uh, this past week and I, I took Laura to see Hall Pass and I'm really excited about it because I love the Ferrelli brothers. They're some of my comedic heroes as far as the director goes. And uh, I, I mean, the, the, the Ferrelli brothers for me, and, and I say that I actually, uh, I think subconsciously I was looking forward to this film because I was always teaching film this past week. I was making a lot of Ferrelli brothers references. I have some students who want to do comedies and I usually use the Ferrelli brothers as a like a prototypical framework for a really effective comedy. Um, in their movies, even though in recent years everything has kind of gone into like hipster improv or um, movies from directors like, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm losing his name, but Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow. Um, it's kind of gone the Judd Apatow way. People like Tom Shadiak and the Ferrelli brothers were the people in like the late 90s, early 2000s who really, that was comedy. 
cinematic comedy. So I was really looking forward to Hall Pass. And usually the, with a Ferrelli Brothers movie, you end up with like either a one wacky character paired with a normal character, two wacky characters, and some form of a road trip. Right? Dumb and Dumber, uh, Kingpin, something about Mary, formula, formula, formula type stuff. And then, But re- in recent years, they've started to kind of go into more sincere comedy. Things like... Uh, Shallow Hal. Shallow Hal w- was kind of the bridge into things like... What was the one he did with the... Jimmy Kimmel, or not Jimmy? Was it Jimmy Kimmel? Not Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, well, who's the other late night talk show host? Jimmy uh, Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. What was the one that he did? Um, oh, Fever, Pitch. Fever Pitch with Drew oh, Barrymore. Right, right. And then he did the <clears throat> Ben Stiller remake. Uh, ben, he and Ben Stiller remade. Uh, what was the one that the, they remade? The, uh, uh, get, I, I'm not equipped to host kid, any show. Kid. The Heartbreak the Kid. And this one kind of follows suit. It's about uh, Owen Wilson. Is a, is a married uh, husband. He's been married a couple of years. It opens on him telling his kids about he and his wife when they're young. Um, he's got a best friend played by Jason. I don't know how to pronounce this. Sedakis. Where's he from? What's he from? SNL. SNL. He's really fucking funny. He and Jason Sedakis are two married guys, and they're starting to like get caught by their wives with like their horny guy isms of like checking out other girls, commenting about other girls. And it hits a point where the girls get an idea from their more veteran wife friend of, why don't you give your husband a a hall pass? Anything he has in his system, he'll get out of his system. And trust me, this guy thinks that he's glorified his single years. Does that make sense? Like, a guy in marriage glorifies his single years. Oh, I was so virile and I was so awesome. And then he gets thrown back out in the wild as a declawed cat. And he'll just come crawling back to uh, to his wife, right? That's the idea that they have in giving their husbands a hall pass for a week outside of marriage. Um, the movie is made pretty cleanly. It's uh, it's shot broadly. It's not taking a lot of the risk humor that you see in like early Ferrelli Brothers movies with like the gross out stuff, really hitting you with some of like uh, like the loud, loud, loud comedy or loud, loud characters. And as the movie continued, I kind of started missing that. Mm. I wanted them to have a weird friend with a hook. Or <laughs> I wanted a midget to be in the movie. <laughs> or, or somebody to have something shoved up their ass. I, 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 I kind of missed a lot of the, the loudness of the Ferrelli Brothers movies. And it seemed like it was going a little too middle of the road. And at the end of the movie, lessons are learned. It's actually a pretty sweet movie. But I'm going to have to say that it's, it's probably a good Netflix for you guys. To watch it because it doesn't have that that loudness and that audacity like the the audacity that those early movies did where you're just dying in your seat laughing something about mary i was losing it in that and that movie's awesome with like the jizz humor and the you know matt dillon's character and chris elliott's character i mean the movie's awesome it's got so many really loud beats even something that most people may not think was successful me myself and irene incredible when the brothers shoved the chicken up that dude's ass and me, myself, and Irene, the reveal is incredible. But this one doesn't have any of those moments. I love those kids, yeah. me, myself, and Irene. Oh, Anthony Anderson and the other yeah, two dudes? Yeah. Me, myself, and Irene is really fucking funny. Mm-hmm. But you guys get what I'm saying about it, it, that edge that those movies had. And I would yeah. really, I, I really was missing it in this movie. So you know, you know what's really funny? I gotta say this, uh, and you can kick my ass for it. No, later, no, it's all good. But you can really tell in the review you just did that you're now teaching a lot more. Um, <laughs> you can kind of take a no. <laughs> I think what I've been doing is like I think when I I think when I'm talking on Geekscape and for like the first 15 minutes, I can't say I can't recall names and shit like that. But I'm like, okay, Jonathan, try and make the most concise intellectual review of unintellectual material as you can because you just fucking forgot Judd Apatow you nutsack right? like you dumbass bastard you couldn't fucking say Judd Apatow who you really love you dumbass make sure this review doesn't totally fucking suck like everything else that you do yes I've been teaching a lot no I, I literally uh, told a kid who the kicker in his uh, the kicker Okay let me tell you something about teaching uh, This kind of kicks ass I was teaching this, school, this class right First class teaching these kids And I'm going around the class Asking each kid to give me their name So I can learn it In their favorite scene in a movie It doesn't have to be their favorite movie Just favorite scene in a movie And I'm going around the class right Learning something about these kids Especially their names I get to the end right 
where like the dudes are just I don't know what they're doing on their computers back there I can't watch them they're hanging out they think I'm funny so far and I say hey man what's your name and the kid goes aren't you Jonathan from Geekscape and I no go way. yes <laughs> yes I am aren't you the teacher's pet now who's gonna get straight A's no matter what you do um, <laughs> but like there are a lot of fucking geeks in my class and as I've been teaching I've no like the fucking geeks go to film school right geeks go to fucking film school and I've noticed it was just a matter of time right like I've turned some of my students into geekscapists this is the first time that a geekscape actually was one of my students so I gave major props to that kid and um, and hopefully when you turn in your final assignment, I'm down with it, right? Or we will show it on the show, and I will critique it for the thousands and thousands of people who watch Geekscape. Mm. We will. T- no, I'm kidding. No pressure. There was a kid though who like the kicker in his script was it involved being bare ass and somebody walking in and seeing him uh, screwing an inanimate object in which he got stuck in, and. I've seen America. Well, it's it, 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 it's it's that sort of thing. But but I but I had to tell him. I was like, you know, your actor. This scene will not work unless your actor, there's that, when, an, when a character comes in and sees it and is horrified, we need to, ha- the, the audience needs that. So you need to show the bare ass scene of the dude with the inanimate object. And he goes, but I'm playing my lead character. And I was like, I just told a student to make a video of himself naked. Fucking in an animal. <laughs> At what point does this blur the student-teacher relationship? Did I just fire myself? I don't know. But you know what? For the in the sake of filmmaking and getting the audience to feel how you want them to feel, manipulating them properly, yes, you must go forth bare-assed and fucking an animate object on film. So I told a student that. You should tell that student that you have connections in the porn industry and you can help them out. You're right. I, I have a story that kind of coincides Tell with me your story, because I just um, talked for three minutes straight. <laughs> it felt like 20. I lived in New York for a little while um, doing the acting thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did a lot of like very bad theater. And, and did I had you work at that diner on film. 57th that was like a singing diner no, across I from Letterman? Not. You know that place? Mm-mm, I do know the place, but I didn't work it there. It just makes you cry inside? Um, well, everybody's got to make a living, you know. I know. <laughs> but <clears throat> there was one season of you know the student film whatever where literally i'm not kidding you there were three separate casting notices for uh movies with vampire lesbians two of which had nudity in them and what were the names <laughs> i don't remember it was a long time ago but i was what, like what i'm never the... auditioning for another student film again in my what life were really what were the names are you just gonna sit there are you just gonna sit there and did you tape did you film it it was a while ago uh, okay <laughs> i didn't audition Oh, those weren't the names? Okay. I worked at uh, Scarecrow <laughs> Video in Seattle. Uh-huh. It's like one of the largest... It is the greatest store. video store in the United States. They have a website. Go and blow about $1,000 because they yeah. literally have fucking everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, have li- have Wiz- they have Wizards of the Lost Kingdom, one yeah. and two, probably packaged together. It, it's two stories. Oh, my God. Chock full of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was like an alternate cut of something and it came out, they had it. Wow. But in my interview, they sat down and they asked the traditional questions because they wanted to make sure that you had a wealth of knowledge to work there because they didn't want people just bringing yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't want Blockbuster, yeah. And they look at me and they're like, what's your favorite genre of film? And I, I said, uh, you know, World War II movies. And then they're like, okay, what's the one genre of film that you could do complete without them? I thought about it for a second. I go, Vampire erotica could just <laughs> go away entirely because it yes. offers nothing, yes. nothing of any cinematic value. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's crazy is that like we now have the goosebumps version of vampire erotica with this whole Twilight. Thing. <laughs> like, 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 like Twilight is basically the goosebumps version of like. Why do they have you read sparkle? That? Do you Why read that? Do you do read this? Are you have you read the Twilight? I read Twilight. I read the okay. series because I wanted to know what the big hubbub was about i was like you, i have to know you would think after one book you'd be happy no. why the fuck would you go and read the other three no here's here's because the Breaking thing dawn came out and somebody told me about a scene and i'm like i want to know what happened oh where they ripped the baby out of her or some yes. shit you had to read two books to get to the fourth well, book and doing that? Come on. here's the thing here's the thing i don't buy it. those books though i don't buy it no, it's i think you're a toy hard no, those twilight books are not well written no but i had to read all of them when I was reading them, in. I was reading them. You in. Yes, and I they was are like, vampires in of themselves. I would be reading it, and I would be like, "This is not well written. That's a really lame plot device." What's gonna happen next? <laughs> it was awful. I feel ashamed. I feel deep shame. You know what? I think <laughs> all, the, all the twilights. It's uh, 
Jacob and Edward are the same fucking guy that want to control this girl. Mm. Mm. Why would she choose either one? Ah, fuck this. And it's written, Buffy. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's written by a Mormon? Yes. Right? So really, it's like a Joe Smith thing. Do you think that there's like a metaphor? Like, is Actually, there any Muslim, uh, Muslim? Is there any Mormonism stuff in the, the Twilight books? The, do you think? The idea besides like the the, the besides the chastity angle. The, the chastity angle is there. The, a friend of mine who actually is Mormon read them. Right? Well, he uh-huh. read the first one, and is he was the, like, "It's so Mormon." It's he was a, like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous how much it is, and he couldn't really explain it to me. It's basically the prequels but he was like, to it's the Book very... of Mormon. It's like the sequels to the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Do you think in like uh, two hundred years they will use the Twilight books as scripture? in the uh, Church of Latter-day Saints? <laughs> Probably. Do you think there's a chance? They, I can... they repurpose Pride and Prejudice. Okay, well, I mean, they, <laughs> don't they say shit like, uh, the, I mean, the Mormons who are listening, and I love you, I'm a Utah Jazz fan, my favorite basketball team. Do you, <laughs> I mean, don't they say that, like, the original Israelites, like, the Native Americans are just, like, old school Muslims or Israelites or Something whatever like who that. just came over and to tonk it out and shit? After... Yeah. I can yeah. tell you, I totally get the appeal of Twilight. Right. I totally understand. Oh, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. These, these guys, like, they are obsessed with this girl, but it's not really, like, you know, it's like, it's like they just see her. And it's like a like, sexual oh. obsession. It's not like they well, don't know even, who she is. Well, it really kind is. of isn't sexual. And oh, that's not. sort of what the oh. appeal is to all these, the younger generation. And like I can more, be ugly. More like, well, no, I is mean, it's mean? like. I can be ugly and get a man? Well, it's it's very, in real life, it just doesn't work that way. It's yeah. a romantic You can't be fantasy. ugly and get a man. No. Guys do don't look at a girl and go, oh, my God. And then like. You know, say, oh, I want to, you know, well, they do it sexually, but yeah. they, this, these guys. You know, like, how, you know, since you started talking, like half the audience has dropped trial, right? Like, <laughs> you, like you know that, right? Welcome, no. to Geek, welcome to Geekscape. <laughs> oh, you're getting fucking worked over right now. Hardcore. They're like, Jonathan, can you lean out of frame? Like, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Geekscape. Hi. We're trying to alienate our, 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 you know, like, I just don't, Geekscape's I a don't, gauntlet in and of itself. That, that's fine. I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's unrealistic. It's unreal. It's an unrealistic romantic fantasy, and that's what is all it, these women it, are like, oh, my God. What's more unrealistic from a female perspective? The uh, immediate sexual attraction angle or the fact that there are fucking werewolves and vampires in the book? But that's the thing. It's not It's not done as, a, as an immediate sexual attraction. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Okay. Because immediate sexual attraction, yes, that's okay. uh, that happens all. Men are just right. wired We're that pissed. way. Yeah. Hall pass. So that's that's what that's what the fantasy is that they it's like they fall in love with her soul at first sight and oh, they want to take care oh. of her and like you know blah blah blah. I only do that with dogs. Really... Like you, do, you can do I that know. with dogs. You do like you look with... at a dog in his eyes and you're like, oh, he's got a sweet soul. Yeah, he's so yeah. sweet. But... Um, but that's not real. The guys don't. don't Actually, want I really no. do think any guy that ever wants to be a dad should have to read Twilight so they can go. Okay, come on. Not doing this. Hey, oh, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Not, My daughter will never be this. Well, well you can also uh, be like, if you're going to be a dad, read Twilight and be like, I really hope it's a boy. Not named Brian Walton, who's going to end up reading him fucking anyway. But I really hope it's a guy. Why would you read Twilight? That no, being said. No, I think, I think any guy that has read Twilight, I think that's great. Because it shows oh, it shows Twilight. that they're, they're uh, intellectually curious and they're comfortable enough to be like, yeah, I read Twilight. You just describe guys who may turn gay. Not true. <laughs> like they're curious, and they read Twilight. They, but you read I'm it. Worried about you, but Brian. He, I'm worried about you. I being, read it so I could hate it. You then went you on Facebook the and posted about how much it. you enjoyed Phil Collins' album. So like, what no, are we talking about here? Don't. I thought Psycho. it was. I was worried about um, you. I was about to comment. You guys are gonna have to stop digging okay. on Phil Collins right now. No, no, no. Not no, no. Said, by, said by a lady doesn't have any standard in this conversation. <laughs> said, by, said by a woman, not a guy. No, not a guy. I did think that that was a quote. No idea. I was quoting American Psycho. I didn't. I did the whole. Phil Collins speech. I posted it to my Facebook, and people were like, "I like Phil Collins." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I did, yeah, it was like people like Satori who like literally follow like, like Geekscapists who like literally like follow shit off a cliff. But um, I only learned that that was a quote from American Psycho when I called Corey Roberts to say what a fag you were. <laughs> I was like, "Can you believe this dude?" As if he has enough problems meeting women, he's now posting on Facebook about Phil Collins. What the fuck? But now listen. What, and, what, and Corey Roberts is like, "Are you sure?" Yeah, I, I, he, yeah he, he, Corey Roberts, the man who like, does the best Denzel Washington impersonation, goes, "Oh, are you sure?" In his Denzel voice, I can't do it. Uh, now vampires, and then we'll leave it. Business-wise, let's talk Geekscape. Let's talk about the fact that we're going to have a booth at WonderCon 
and at San Diego Comic Con, right? And we Dang. and we like to sell our T-shirts. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about a T-shirt, right? And it's not like two years ago when I wanted to make a T-shirt. I don't know if you remember this. I wanted to make a T-shirt that showed Darth Vader who annihilated planets with the fucking Death Star, and have a picture of Darth Vader on a shirt that said "Worse than Hitler." Which I think, like, really is, like, a tough shirt to sell. Yeah. I was thinking about doing a shirt with, like, a vampire chick on it. And it said, vampire chicks, I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> I like it. Do you like it. that? Do you, do you think that. people would buy that? I think people, but I want that. To, the vampire chick would have to have a giant red, red, red hair. Red hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it's, like, high school chicks. But it's vampire chicks. Yeah. That is older, awesome. They stay the same age. I, this is what I think of when I say that, like, like street lights and like like waiting for it to turn green i'm like eh, you know what's funny about your darth vader worse than hitler thing is okay. i'm just going on numbers game i know darth vader is a fictional character sometimes it, I, I i don't sometimes i forget he's a fictional character well, it's so, Tarkin actually killed all the people yeah but, yeah but but i mean vader vader had to fucking well he accrue, killed children yeah vader had to accrue uh, a fucking the like they didn't just give um, him the fucking all-star game like he had to fucking earn it but that that uh super bowl commercial the volkswagen the little uh, kid vader, yeah, yeah. That commercial but think about that kid and think about the context volkswagen car company created by hitler kid oh, running around shit. trying to kill the dog it's a nice if that plot. kid had had force powers that's a dead dog you think that Walton's just sitting in his apartment, like, freaking out when he sees a commercial. He's like, ah, oh, the social connotation of <laughs> How irresponsible! No, I actually read America, it. America, turn it off! I, I can't turn it off. The Captain America trailer's coming. <laughs> you must have been you quite... You know that was my day, though. Oh, Who fuck yeah. You must have been in such a fucking quandary. I, I just... I, it, I can't stand for this. No, I'm sitting there thinking, this isn't responsible <sighs> advertising. This is teaching kids to go try to kill their dog. Yeah, that's why I didn't make that, you know. That's like, if he had figured out that, like... I didn't want to make that shirt. I, that's dad, why I didn't make the shirt. Yeah, the, that's a little... I don't think yeah. that would sound. And the that's dad why encouraged the it. The dad's like, oh, hey, let's give him force powers. Click. And then what happens when the kid can't ever do it again? And he freaks out. What if the kid tries to force leap off a fucking roof? Yeah. Right, that's bad. It's like that episode. He tries to pull a Magneto stand in traffic and flip a car, like, it's going to hit him. Yeah. Oh, shit, you're right. We need to stop Volkswagen. Fuck. Don't buy Volkswagen. <laughs> it's socially <laughs> irresponsible. As much as we love that fucking commercial and thought it was cute, it's not cute. It's awful. Toyotas right? are better cars anyway. Why don't you make a fucking heroin commercial while you're at it? All right? You're right. Walton, I like I like that you fact that you put the spotlight on this. This is very <laughs> Geekscape social norms. Pull your pants up, you little perverts. We're talking about real shit now. Let's put that jacket a little tighter. Um, guys, we're talking about movies. DJ Caruso, who just had I Am Number Four come out in theaters. It's supposed I think it landed in box office at number two, and what from what I heard about the movie, that's pretty appropriate. But um, DJ Caruso, who I, I like pretty, pretty, pretty appropriate because yeah. it is a number two. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. Um <laughs> I didn't see it. I didn't. See it looked it. like a Twilight version of X Men. I, I didn't. So, so you know. I'm see it at some point. And I like Timothy Oliphant, who's like plays like the guidance dude in the movie. Um, but DJ Caruso, what did I like? I liked um, Disturbia. I thought that was an alright remake. I Eagle Eye was good. Eagle Eye was okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like both of those. He a lot, actually. is supposed to be. He's the director on tap oh. to do Preacher. I'm just gonna get through the news. Don't worry about okay, it. Just no. news that they need to hear. They need to know I what's going on in the world. This is about DJ Caruso, though. Yes, sir. There's a. If there's a movie you want to watch to know whether or not he can do Preacher, watch The Salt and Sea. Yeah, Salt and Sea, dude. When yes. Vincent D'Onofrio has like a fucking pig nose. Yeah. Yeah. Salt, did you see Salt and Sea? I did not. Amazing. I kicked terrible. I've heard nothing but good Stop things about it. Um, that's a really good You know, good point. Check out the big brain on Brian. That was really good. Um, the DJ Caruso that we wanted to have do Preacher is the DJ Caruso from Salt and Sea. Uh, he was also in talks to do Why the Last Man, Brian K. Vaughn series, and we don't know where that puts this, but um, fuck yeah, let's do Preacher. You, my hope of hopes really was with the success of Walking Dead, and now we've got Powers, who's just been greenlit, which has just been greenlit to pilot by FX, um, that maybe Preacher could be a TV series for like an HBO or somebody who would really do the material properly and, and yeah. gut wrenchingly. I feel the same way about Why the Last Man. I yeah. feel like Why the Last Man would be a really mm. good uh, series. Yeah. The one bullet we dodged is the person that. Um, the person that DJ Crusoe wanted really badly for White Last Man was Shia LaBeouf, and yeah. I wasn't really down with that. Right. I, I you don't want your York Brown running around going, no, 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 no,
Yeah. <laughs> you, you're just starting to read this way, the last man. You're going to get into it. You, you would love that. Um, speaking of casting in geek movies, Kevin Costner, the rumor is from Eric Diaz's Weekend Geek up on Geekscape.net that he is in line to possibly play Jarrell in the uh, Zack Snyder Superman movie. I've also, <laughs> I've also heard John Hamm. Which would in, e- in either case it would make it a younger Jor-El than uh, all that. What, I mean, come on now. What do you think of that? Number one, you don't like Kevin Costner. Like, I'm just kidding. No, you don't like Kevin. Kevin Costner is in one of my favorite movies, and I the like Bodyguard? Kevin, Fandango. Oh, I like Fandango. We love talked about Fandango. that last week. Yes, we love Fandango. Fandango's amazing. You have to watch it. It's my all-time favorite. Made movie. Made by some Texans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, S- Superman Returns was such. A painful disappointment that I'm just like don't do it again like leave it leave it alone let it go unless you can do it right and if they're Kevin Costner is Jarrell Jarrell no you get to see him die I know but Jarrell like I mean come on like in the original Marlon it, Brando, was, right. it was Marlon Brando like it's, it's it has to be somebody Kevin Costner yeah well no Kevin Costner is very like it's not hey, iconic. I didn't you know, know Jarrell played baseball I, it's not. Yeah. It's not a. Yeah. Iron Coach. What if he throws the thing, like the ship that he sends his son to Earth, like he did in the Sam Raimi movie? What was the Sam Raimi movie? Uh, Spider-Man. No, Sam Raimi did a baseball movie with Kevin Costner. Oh, uh, uh, for the love of the game. For the love of the game, mm-hmm. yeah. Which, uh, very John C. Riley playing the catcher pre him being well known. It was actually pretty good. Oh yeah. yeah. Jarrell needs to be really like powerful and commanding. Mm-hmm. He's you know like a majestic kind of presence. And Kevin Costner does not have that kind of presence. I like Kevin Costner in what he does, but he's a very sort of laid back, like, you know what I mean? Who, would you, who, who would you cast? Because remember there was that rumor about Anthony Hopkins and this mm-hmm. and that, but now he's he's Odin. Who would you cast as your Jor-El? Like the father of Superman. Who's the father of Superman in your eyes? I would cast one of the, like, um, older British actors, like Royal oh, Shakespeare Terrence Stamp. Company. Like, Ter- Terrence Stamp. You know, what <laughs> let's have Terrence Stamp return. Terrence Stamp could do it, you know. Well, but he's gonna. But he's, Ray Fine could do it. Ray like, Fine's the motherfucker. I'll put him in everything. Terrence Stamp, because Terrence Stamp is the voice of Drell on Smallville. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're it's right. Really he could pull it off. It's just really funny because well. Terrence Stamp, of course, in Superman Two, played. Yeah, we got it. Um, yeah, him. Um, somebody with a just real like presence and yeah. and like. I love somebody, that. Somebody I love that James McAvoy could play in the prequel. <laughs> I got you. Yes, I got you. I'll take that exactly. <laughs> My wife hadn't seen that trailer until we went to see uh, Hall Pass yesterday. That I like that X Men first class trailer. I haven't it seen the trailer yet. Good. Always, there's always a yeah. big difference for me. I watch all these things on the internet, and then I go see him in the theater. I'm like, that actually looks good. No, no, no. X Men first class looks legit. You got to go on Apple.com really, and find the trailer. I'm, I'm actually really it. excited about it. The the, the X Men movies that came out. Before were very disappointing to me. The first two, very I like the first two, and then they fizzled to now, Wolverine. They, t- my my favorite female characters, um, Who's that? which would be Storm and Rogue. They're uh-huh. my two favorite X Men, and they just yeah, really yeah, Rogue, Rogue like, was not Rogue. Rogue was and not Storm Rogue. Was Rogue. Not Angela Bassett. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. No, I got like you. Halle she Berry didn't have is, that strength of being a queen. Halle Berry, exactly. Yeah. She, she is. A, she's commanding. Yeah, she was yeah. somebody who would hit somebody on a freeway and then drive away. Yeah. You know what? Oh. Halle Berry's <laughs> just not intimidating or powerful a presence. Yeah. No, I got and you. And so the miscasting. You didn't monster or whatever that the, the, what, what, oh. what, monsters ball or some yeah. shit. That yeah. she did. Oh, and then they killed Phoenix. Way to go. Way to ruin it! Like did they though? What I love is that they had they were so insecure about X three that the post credits like things with Magneto and Xavier were already starting to retcon the decisions that they made in that movie. Where they're like, maybe Magneto does still have magnetism powers. Maybe Xavier put himself in another body. Like it was like they were already unmaking the bad mm-hmm. fucking decisions that they made during that movie. We never saw Scott's body. It's like, oh come on, man, just fucking yeah, own up seriously. to it. Own up to it. Yeah, come on. I was she she did such a good job at playing Jean Grey into the transformation into oh, Phoenix. Oh yeah. And I love Dark Phoenix, like that whole because I I did read the comic read a lot of comic books when I was a kid and and dark, the whole Dark Phoenix thing was one of my favorites. And they could have they could have taken that and Have you oh. been a gender? Huh? What's head right here? Yes. Uh, would you consider yourself a, a no. brown hair? She's I think it's light brown. This, this Thank you. Brown. A lot of people think I'm a redhead. What's wrong with your face? I'm a redhead well, in certain light. It plays to the Phoenix. Okay. You're a redhead in like a red lit room? 
<laughs> I mean, no, you're a brown hair girl. Yeah, light brown. Right. That's what I. That's what I. They're think. like, fuck. I thought she was a ginger. I, so actually, funny. I got I got posted on some like, like hot redhead actress bulletin board or something, and kind one of, of my Twitter followers did it, and I was like, he was like, oh, I posted you. It wasn't weird. It was you just it's just like a group of. For, for and the I viewers, was like, I was like thanks, but I felt kind of guilty because I don't think I'm actually a redhead, but Surprise! I I appreciated it. It was it's very like you nice. You and Felicia Day. Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! So the connection I was trying to make. Not valid. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anna Paquin is rogue. Uh, wouldn't have cast her back then, but now, post True Blood, yeah, probably. Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. Mm-mm. You know, who, who would you have cast as rogue? Yeah. Who? Who? who any actors out there? Steampunk that? rogue from San Diego Comic Con. Who you fell in love with? Okay, never mind. Bad joke. Sorry. Alice Eve. Actually, I would. Say I love she, Alice Eve. I'll watch her anything. Mm. I'll watch her do anything. Don't you I'm trying pictures. Uh. I think really when you have to look at these Marvel films, you can't um, you can't think that any casting is permanent when it's not done strictly under the, the Marvel umbra- like umbrella. Even then, we knew that Rhodey War Machine got recast in Iron Man. So, like for me, talking about casting in the ancillary in like Spider like Spider Man or like in the Fantastic Four movies, these are companies that are going to continually need to. Uh, re-energize their option agreements so every four or five years they're going to come out with a new Daredevil or they're going to come out with a new Punisher or a new Fantastic Four and the casting is just going to get tossed again. You know what I mean? Can I just say, yeah. and this is the geek girl perspective, yes, it wasn't a casting thing with Rogue. Storm, absolutely a casting yeah, yeah, yeah. issue. But also, they didn't use Storm the way that they should have. Storm is really like, she's Xavier's sort of second in command. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they didn't make use of her character very well. And Rogue, Rogue is this like sassy, like hot, sexy Southern belle. Yeah. And they made her this wimpy little high school girl they just basically took two of the most powerful X-Men, female X-Men, and kind of neutered them. It's basically. almost like they turned Rogue into Jubilee. Yeah, sidekick yes. for a sidekick yeah, for Wolverine. I mean, all Rogue, Rogue, yeah. all Rogue did was I see, I see your yeah. argument. All Rogue yeah. did was was have a crush on Wolverine and and feel all conflicted because and she didn't Bobby, have sex with Iceman. Uh, in know? the third movie, when she gives up her fucking so maybe gives yeah. up her powers for to have sex with yeah, Iceman. I'm like, really? You give up your heroic nature to get boned? Yeah. What the fuck kind of value system is that? That's my whole issue. Is that I'm like you, like they weren't allowed to be just really solid, powerful superheroines. They just got mm. they completely took their power away yeah, in the writing. We more girls on the show to talk like this, because I'm like, oh, I'm starting to see the the geek girl perspective right. that yeah. I yeah this is legit. Um, guys, speaking about awesome sequels, Clash of the Titans 2, Wrath of the Titans. Um, I don't know what the news was, but fuck, Eric posted news about Clash of the Titans 2. Oh, oh, this is the news. This is awful. It's getting this. <laughs> it's getting the same three d- posts. They're going to shoot it and then give it the same, th- like, up-resing the 3D treatment that they did the first one, which supposedly was an awful experience in the theater. I didn't want to watch Clash of the Titans, the, the new Clash of the Titans, in 3D because I heard that, you know, the uh, the the 3D uprising or whatever they do when they add 3D afterwards had been such a hack job that it made the movie un- more unwatchable than it already was. They did the same thing with Avatar: Last Airbender. Um, supposedly, Clash of the Titans 2, they hadn't learned their lesson. They're going to shoot it normal, uh, you know, normal 2D and then upres it to 3D again and hope that it looks good. What do they call it when you get stomach problems when you drink the water in uh, Mexico? Yeah, Montezuma's Revenge. Montezuma's Revenge. Yeah. Wrath of the Titans, Montezuma's Revenge. <laughs> that would be funny. There's this other movie, Immortals, coming out from Universal that has our Superman in it, um, Henry Cavill, and it's basically like Theseus and the gods and this and that, and it's like the Clash of the Titans did so well commercially, I guess for Warner Brothers, is that right? Um, that Universal is doing this movie with Mickey Rourke and Henry Cavill called well, Immortals, and, and I think, like, yeah. oh, hey, you can't copyright mythology. Yeah. Hey, we should get into this. We need to make a movie, Montezuma's Revenge. Yeah. I actually read an article about that because there's a whole bunch of fable movies coming out, partly because you don't have to do any yeah. licensing with the story of Cinderella, Little Red Riding Hood, uh, Beauty and the Beast, stuff like that. So there's going to be a, a whole slew of of new twists mm-hmm. on old fables because we've got this they don't Red have Riding Hood movie coming out I'm really excited yeah. about it it looks really cool because it's directed by the same woman as uh, Twilight Julie 
Oh, Stephanie Meyer? She directed it? <laughs> yes, no, no, no. no. Uh, Stephanie Meyer wrote it. Julie, uh, you were not... Julie Taymor. Not, yeah. No, not this Red Riding Hood. No. Who? Not this Red Riding Hood. It says from, from, from the director. It said the from the director. director of 13. Director of 13. 13. Who directed the first Twilight. Okay. Yes. She is directing the new writing. Oh, Catherine Hardwick. Yeah, there you go. That is what you were excited for? Uh, that I, I didn't know that. I just have seen exciting? the previews and read about it. Does it make it more exciting for you? Um, you know what, though? Catherine Hardwick took a poorly written book and made it into an okay movie. Okay, okay. So okay. I have some respect for Catherine Hardwick. I said the same thing when uh, the screenwriter of the movies got uh, picked up to remake something. She's adapting a comic that I really like. I'm like, oh, well, she made a really shitty book into a halfway shitty movie. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's good at the lateral movement, so yeah. I won't be, uh, hopefully no. I can enjoy the mo- the comic as much as I enjoyed the movie. If you can keep it lateral, that without going downhill. We need to make this Montezuma's Revenge movie. That's what we gotta do. I, I, I mean, I hear you guys talking, but the whole time I'm like, Clash of the Titans made a lot of money, Montezuma's Revenge, they fight a Chupacabra. A chupacabra could be like a mythical creature. Just keep it all Hispanic and like South American. You should uh, throw in a jackalope too. Just a jackalope. Jackalope shoots lasers at its fucking eyes. Yes. Okay. Some people yes. get really attractive muses. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Me. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. The, the muse in this is gonna look like Frida Carlo. She's gonna have like a like a Eddie Munster unibrow. Um, yeah, this is my writing process, guys. Geekscape every week. Um, let's talk more comics. Uh, Thor: Tales of Asgard. This is a straight-to-DVD cartoon mm-hmm. that they're doing. Like, um, basically, it's it's like the got it's six tales set in Asgard, the same way they did Gotham Knights, the same way they're doing Emerald Knights. Which oh, okay. Had the trailer come out this week. And uh, the trailer came out for Emerald Knights, which I guess is like the compilation of shorts about Green, the Green Lantern universe, which I'll watch as long as there's a Kilowog short. But Thor, Tales of Asgard, what's funny about this, and you pointed this out, Walton, is the artwork on the cover of it has Thor holding up his sword and lightning striking him, and he's got a cape and shit. He looks like fucking He-Man. And it looks like the Masters of the Universe, which is hilarious to me, because two months ago, or three months ago, when the trailer for the Thor movie came out, I said, it's fucking Dolph Lundgren's Masters of the Universe. A dude gets kicked out of fucking attorney or some shit, and he's like, oh, no, these mortal people, I have to be stuck with them. Courtney Cox, Cosmic Key, I have to find a way to get back to Asgard or get back bucket to Eternia. Bucket of chicken. Mm, world door. Like, <laughs> wait, wait, like, wait, wait, the diner. Bucket of chicken, diner scene. Yeah. Didn't you just eat a box you of think that they took? Do you think <laughs> that Marvel was like, we will take the Master Universe script with Dolph Lundgren, give it to Sir Kenneth Branagh to fucking Shakespeare up, and re-release it as Thor. I'm gonna make some phone calls. And you told me an interesting thing. This is me writing notes to make phone calls Masters later in the week. Script originally, uh, <laughs> that's a note. I know. A Jack Kirby shorthand. Shorthand. Serial killer handwriting. Yeah. Well, Bibiani pointed out that the the original Master Universe script was a Jack Kirby's Fourth World script because you guys who read DC Comics know the Boom Tube and all that stuff with Dark Seed and shit like that. That's what the Cosmic Key was. <laughs> Yeah, I know the music. Um, I love that Master Universe movie. I'll watch it every fucking day. Uh, sad, sad, sad note about co- the comic world. Um, Dwayne McDuffie, you guys know him. Uh, what did he write? He wrote. Uh, he created um, Static Shock. He created Static Shock. That's right. And then he also was one of the founders of Milestone. He founded and Milestone Comics. He was the anchor in the writers' room for uh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Okay, so Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, he was one of the writers there. He's the dude who like really brought up the geek cred and kept right. it like geek friendly so they didn't go yeah. and fucking spin shit up. I imagine that writer's room always, not, not to make a, a really poor joke, but I'm, I'm almost positive they looked at him and go, hey, we, we need a line for Jon Stewart here. <laughs> oh, dick. Um, what happened? With, now, he died of cancer. It was what a complication was it? from a surgery. Complication from a surgery? I, I don't know the full Shit, I ain't ever getting fucking surgery. If I have a bone pop out or something, I'm not getting it fixed. They'll just fuck it up. Uh-uh. I probably need surgery right now. Yeah. I probably need like serious psychological evaluation. I'm not doing it. And you have you also run the risk of all those foreign members will pay the doctor to fuck it up. Yo, yeah. The Geekscapists will be like, can you kill him? <laughs> he has taken so much from me. But Dwayne McDuffie died. <laughs> and I guess Jessica, the comic book girl who co-hosts some episodes of Live, New, Live Geeks. New Geeks yeah, with she's, you, she's a regular she knew him. <clears throat> and she wrote up this really nice like eulogy to him. And it was pretty touching. Yeah, very much. So if you guys want to learn more about Dwayne McDuffie, or if you guys miss uh, his work, uh, I was not like a big Static Shock guy, this and that, but 
you know what any voice that gets silenced especially with some kind of medical malpractice like that's really fucking sad man yeah, was it malpractice i don't know what it was I, I but i honestly don't know there was just complications we'll find the, the people responsible and bring them to justice well, any surgery is risky yeah i mean just that people can have complications from any of yeah, yeah. I want to say he had a heart condition, but it was something I don't know. I don't know nothing. If there's one thing we've learned in 201 episodes regardless. of Geekscape, I don't know nothing. He, he was very talented, and it was also very strange. He died the day that his most recent project got released, which was mm. uh, he adapted the script for All Star Superman. Um, You're right. That DVD that just came out, yeah. All Star Superman. Day he day he died. I can't watch it now. I'm not gonna watch it. It'll be too hard. No, I heard it's really good. I heard it's actually pretty great, and it's about Superman dying. Did you? Re- All Star Superman's not a bad Superman for you to read. Okay. Jessica's looking for stuff to read, and I know that we have forum threads where we recommend comic books. I would recommend Sweet Tooth to her, which is like the road with the little deer boy. I think I it's t- awesome. I'll tell you, X Men and Excalibur were my favorites in the Dark Phoenix story when I was a kid. I love those. Don't tell her Nightcrawler died. Um. Yeah, he did. No. Book. Books. I oh, know. It's okay. It's okay. Oh. absorbed all of his personality and all of his powers when he died. And so, so maybe she'll put him somewhere. If they I'm ever sad. You love Swashbuckling Nightcrawler. Remember Swashbuckling Nightcrawler? I love Nightcrawler. X Babies. Did you ever read <laughs> Shadow Cat? Was my favorite. I don't know why her powers really. And lame. she is awesome. <laughs> you got to You know what? We should get her. Is the Joss Whedon run on Astonishing X Men? Because it is, it is so fucking Shadow Cat, Kitty Pride heavy. Ooh, I love you her. You freak woman! I'm almost questioning your Kitty Pride fandom right now because you haven't read it yet. It's phenomenal, Jess. Phenomenal. Okay. Actually, and there is a moment like. No, 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 no! no, no. Don't spoil it. I just want to compliment the artist. The artist is um, uh, JC. What, what is it? Quietly. No, it's not yeah. quietly. That's All Star Superman. Uh-huh. Um, fuck. He signs. It, it's a J. His first name starts with a J. His last name starts with a C. Okay. Uh, uh, but I got you. But uh, he does so many great emotional moments. He has so many great emotional moments in that book where I can tell Joss Whedon said, "This, this is the reaction I need." And rocket nailed mm. it so many times. There, there are some oh, I'm so excited! Oh, I want to read it. I want to read it really and they, bad. And they, when they, the book was released, it, you know, I bought it in single issues, and they were playing it towards a certain direction. And I didn't. And there was one page where they finally pulled the the sheet off of it and said, "No, this is what this is what was actually happening." But they kind of point you in a different direction. They make you think something's going to happen. And when I turned that page, it was one of the few times I've read a comic and had like an audible gasp come out of me, and I want to buy that fucking piece of art. It was, it's, it's a really cool piece. And you know what's great also about that is ever since every book I've read with that character, they've done right by him mm. or her. Uh, with Kitty Pryde, yeah, it, it kind of reintroduced her to the X Men yeah. world, and uh, and I'm down with it. And of course, you know how Joss Whedon hates his female characters and doesn't like writing them very well at all. And <laughs> it, it's really well done. I adore Joss Whedon. He's awesome. I had a dream last night that I met him. Literally. Did you really? Yes. I had a, a nightmare that Walton had forgotten his shoes at my house. And I was trying to go on with my day and he kept coming back for his shoes and I didn't get any work done. Like Walton kept coming. I don't know what that is. You read into it as you see fit. That happened. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand how you forget shoes at a place. Do you not notice the second you walk out <laughs> that you're not wearing shoes? But you'd forgotten your shoes. What happened to your Joss Whedon sex dream? It was not a sex dream. Fuck, that ain't no geek shit. It was actually I was invited to some sort of Thanksgiving potluck. Male geeks have sex dreams about Joss Whedon. I have yet to have one, but I'm looking. Uh, I don't know it'll happen. What, what happened to this Thanksgiving? Was was it like a, well, at this Thanksgiving potluck, which may come to fruition one day when he casts you on something, uh, and he invites you over there, and Alan Tudyk's there, and everybody's there. And ah, yeah, no, 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 it's cool. You'll have another dream tonight. Uh, what? Who was there? Was Nathan Fillion there? Because he had uh, cast. Felicia Day okay. and Joss Whedon were there, and uh-huh. they're the only ones I recognized. Okay. And it was a very boring dream. I just uh-huh. met them and, and had a conversation. Oh, with that's them sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Since we're talking about Joss Whedon, uh, I just read something this week that gives me like this. Nathan Fillion got cast in something about Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman TV. Yes, show. tell me, sir. The girl that's supposed to play Wonder Woman. Yeah, she was in uh, Legion with Tyrese. Her boyfriend is Alan Tudyk. Yes. So there's a connection. You to didn't know Joss that? Whedon. Mm. I didn't know that. Oh shit! Yeah. And, like so, there is a connection. So anybody you know, who acts with Tyrese, the director's sucking. She can yeah. call Alan. 
hey, uh, get Jaws online and give me some directions. Let's do a little well, rewrite. No, no. A- anybody who acts with Tyrese, I do like a full IMDb search to be like, why am I not acting with Tyrese? My concern is uh, David E. Kelly. Now, I've heard Harry's Law. I haven't watched Harry's Law, but I've heard Harry's Law is different. But generally, David E. Kelly does not. He's not a, a writer for women, not really. I mean, he writes some female-centric well, stuff, the but like, they're, the, they're all... The lead on um, on Harry's Law, he can write it like a man. It, yeah. it was written for a man. Harry's Law was oh, really? written for okay. a man. And, uh, that explains it. Were able is his to hand in frame whenever yeah. he does his like... Is it? <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you sure you're not the actor here? You know, the fucking Shakespeare hand? Your fucking Shakespeare hand in frame? Bibiani? <laughs> Whenever we get in conversation with Bibiani, who's one of our writers and good friends, he's always like, he is so demonstrative with the fucking hand that uh, he, he's Darth Vader. It's intense. It's like, holy shit, your conversation's in 3D. Like, it's coming at me. That's let's what just, happens let's when just you saddle back. I was like, we're fucking talking about Scott Pilgrim. Like, let's chill the fuck out here. Um, Ghostbusters. We all love Ghostbusters. Uh, Bill Murray had a great interview on Howard Stern this week. Um, I love Bill Murray, but Ghostbusters, like, what is this? This is a video game called Sanctum of Slime. It's like an Xbox Live PlayStation Network game that you download yeah, and play with like your friends. it's kind of like the new Tomb Raider. I, I, I oh, it's a top-down, three-quarters. It's, like, it, it's top-down, and I guess... It's, it's like a co-op game that you play with all your friends? Yeah. And we can all play as Ghostbusters, but it's not the original Ghostbusters. It's like... Uh, new Ghostbusters and we have the, the images of the new bu- Ghostbusters that's such a good idea. we have the designs of the new Ghostbusters up on the uh, site right now Geekscape.net really is the source for I don't know whatever Walton feels like putting up on a website no uh, you know I, I you're love not Geekscape.net you're not, you're not you do do a lot you do a lot you do a lot and we also have some really great writers it's no, worth do. it for you guys to, to yeah, check it out we have some amazing writers that I appreciate um, and we'll be at WonderCon we'll be at uh, well, I'll be at South by Southwest, but we'll be at um, San Diego. We'll be at E3. We'll, we'll be doing all that stuff. We'll be I'll at see you Zombie guys at WonderCon and SDC. Jessica Mills, this is what I'm going to do right now. Okay. Official executive decision as the owner of Geekscape. We're going to have whoever from the cast of Awkward Embraces is at WonderCon or San Diego. If you want to meet these ladies, maybe a guy will come with them, but I know you don't want to meet them. <laughs> uh, they're going to be at our booth. Maybe, yes. maybe they're going to do an appearance. Maybe they're going to do. Uh, no, no. no the I was thinking now, about it when you said earlier that they no, were no, going to no, be no. at WonderCon. I was like, I want to be at the booth. No, no, no. The discussion is now. <laughs> Executive decision. Executive decision starring Steven Seagal, but I don't play the Steven Seagal role because he dies 30 minutes into the movie. All right? I don't play I that role. I have seen that. So you just ruined the movie. Sorry if I ruined Executive decision for you. Okay? I'm the Kurt Russell character, and I live. You can be the John Leguizamo character. He lives. No, I don't know. Does he live? Um, Executive decision. Right now. All right, you're gonna meet the ladies and the lovely Jessica Mills of Awkward Embraces, which you're gonna to be totally familiar with. You got until now, till the first weekend of April for WonderCon to watch every single episode of Awkward Embraces and to look up the vampire eroticism that she was in in New York I uh, on the internet it. and don't lie to me. Do not lie on my show. <laughs> uh, you are going to meet them. <laughs> At Sandy, at, at WonderCon, at the Geekscape booth. Somebody's going to Photoshop your head into a Do it right now. Go on the go on the Geekscape website and do a Photoshop, photo manipulations thread of Jessica Mills' face. Pause so they can rotoscope it. Uh, no nudity, please. No, no nudity. Thanks. Because we can't Just have... Just the box cover. What, Guys, what you can get away we, with yes. we are an all-age site. Cover. No nudity. We're an all-age site. And uh, then, if you bring it to the booth, I'll autograph she'll it. She'll autograph it. So, guys, the schedule for those cons. The best one. No, the best, the best one. one. <laughs> I'll pay, and we'll get made into a movie. Uh, into a full movie. Nice. Into a full movie. Uh, no. <laughs> Awkward Embraces. You're going to want to go to the awkwardembraces.com and watch every single episode. Okay? Do it right now, and we, there will be a quiz. You will not get an autograph if you do not know the, the correct answers. So at WonderCon, first week of uh, first week of, J- of April, we're going to be there, and then San Diego, we're going to be there. We're going to have the awkward embraces girls there. Whoever can make it, definitely Jessica, and that's what you're going to want to do. There will be a quiz. I'm not fucking here. I'm not fucking around with you nerds. You guys are like, oh, Jonathan's so nice. He gives us free podcasts every week. No, I will. I will turn this fucking car around. <laughs> I will stop the free podcast. I will make you pay a 99 cents on iTunes to download this podcast, which doesn't even have the highest resolution, and we still shoot on tape, not HD. I will do that. Yeah. I will turn this car around. We are not closer to the destination than home. I, I will turn around right now. 
I can't tell at all that you've been teaching a lot this week. Stop it! <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Nespa? Nespa? Uh, WonderCon. Where can we find you online, Geek? Where are we going to find you, uh, Geek Jessica Mills? I'm on Twitter, at Geeky Jessica. Um, our website is awkwardembraces.com. And from the website, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, our YouTube page. Uh, the other girls from the show are also on Twitter, and awkward em at Awkward Embraces is on Twitter as well. I'm all over the internet. Where can we find you, Jonathan? I'm just Jonathan Leonard on Twitter. But the best place to find me, really, is Geekscape.net. It's a community that we've built for all of us. Geekscape.net. You can also find no, us. You can also find us on. <laughs> you got me all demonstrative up in this bitch. <laughs> you can find me. At, you can find us as a collective at Facebook.com. You can also find us on Twitter. You can also find us on YouTube. Just search for Geekscape.net, and uh, we'll be there. Um, my boy over here, Brian Walton, is B Two Walton on Twitter too. You can hear about all of the Phil Collins love that he throws out earlier today. Um, he was probably listening to Chicago and wanted to tell you that he loves Chicago. There's nothing wrong right. with Chicago. There's nothing wrong with Chicago. You're right. After all that we've been through. Then turn the fucking thing on. <laughs> <laughs> I will make it up to you. I promise you. Ba -da 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 -da. No, I'm sorry. Wasn't that Peter Cetera's No, no. Peter Cetera did that song in Chicago. You were thinking of... The I am the man who will fight, fight for you. Okay, take it back. Everything I, like I ever said song. about him and Phil Collins. Do not, do not listen to her views on Peter Cetera. He is a good man. That song is lame. I always like that song, Look Away. No, he has a fucking song on his best. Uh, he has like an album of like 10 songs. He has this fucking song on there that is just fucking rocking. I'll play it for you as soon as this episode is over. You're going to love it. It's great. <laughs>